1: From the over-the-top studios at Scratch Labs in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas, RoadBikeRider.com radio, and we're going the distance with Coach John Hughes. John, good to see you again.
2: Good to see you too, George. Uh, you been riding the trainer at all?
1: You know, I have loved the trainer for the past four winters because it's really been the one place I could get in some exercise with all the rehab. This year, i am just
2: been skiing. And those are both good. I try to ride the trainer for really short periods, once or twice a week if I'm in Boulder, you know, 30 minutes, just to kind of get the muscle specificity going. But it's certainly not my favorite activity.
1: And it, I mean, I really learned to enjoy it and felt I could do a lot of workouts really more effectively on the trainer, but uh, it it has its time and
2: place. (laughs) (laughs) It it does have its time and place. I I keep mine uh, in a back room at the house, and I don't turn the heat on very high, so it's usually about 45 degrees when I go back there, maybe 50 if it's been a sunny day. And I start out with a sweatshirt on, which I can then toss. Uh, I've got a big fan going in case I'm doing something really intense. Keep me cooled down. Uh, I don't wear a sweatband when I ride, but by God, on the trainer, I tell you I do i got a towel that hangs over the handlebars. i got another towel underneath the trainer because you sweat more because it's hotter. And you don't have any breeze to cool you off other than that big fan. Uh, I always keep a water bottle there. You got cages on your bike. Mm-hmm. Put in there. Mine happens to be right next to a windowsill, so I can set my water bottle or my coffee there. Sometimes I do it first thing in the morning. And I have not done any uh, endurance rides in the last number of years back when in my Race Across America days I did some centuries on the trainer and in those cases I of course had food in my jersey pocket just in case I mean, you know <laughs> you still have to eat on the trainer
1: exactly I gotta say one of the hardest things for me in the trainer during rehab I'm set up down in our basement and the windows look right out onto old stage and to see all the riders going by as I was stuck
2: inside I would just think Okay, you should just be thankful you can move. And what kind of training benefit were they getting out there on old stage? That was pretty, and, you know, they're just outside
1: riding their bikes. Psycholo- Probably psychological. Probably no more than I was getting on my trainer.
2: They're, they're basically getting endurance training. Yep. Little power. And endurance training is harder to do on the trainer than intensity training. Obviously, Now, a few examples. I've I've got a client uh, last year who trained for a transcontinental ride, and this guy lived in the Northeast, and I tell you, he was dedicated. He would do uh, four or five-hour rides on Saturday and then four or five-hour rides on Sunday, so getting used to duration and back-to-back. He had a work schedule, so he had every other Friday off, and as he got closer to his transcon, his transcon was in April, so he needed to get in the volume. And he didn't like riding in the snow. On his three-day weekends, he'd do back to back to back three-day long rides. And the way I set it up was, for example, six hours on Friday, five hours on Saturday, four hours on Sunday. So he got the hardest ride over early. Uh, just got an email from a client who's training for a four hundred mile Ram qualifier, and I had told him I wanted him to go out and do. 125 to 150 miles. Now, this man lives in an area where, depending on your tolerance for cold, you could ride outdoors. Well, he did seven and a half hours on his trainer. And the way he does it is he'll do five hours on the trainer at home, and then he'll go to the gym he belongs to, and he'll do a couple spinning classes back-to-back. John Marsh, who runs roadbikerider.com, last year broke his collarbone, and John was signed up for, with buddies a six- or seven-day tour In Wyoming with a lot of climbing. Now John wasn't allowed on the road for six weeks. So John did long rides on the trainer and he was only doing a couple of hours. It's entirely possible to build your endurance, basic endurance, on the trainer if you've got that as a really big goal for your season where road riding isn't possible. So how do you do it? First of all, uh, kind of a general rule of thumb. Time on the trainer gets you about a third more benefit doing endurance riding than on the road. So, suppose you average 15 miles an hour on the road, 15 miles an hour on the trainer, you ride for two hours, that'd be 30 miles. Add in another third, be equivalent to doing 40 miles on the road. So, you do get more bang for your time. Uh, Second, heart rate is almost always higher on the trainer because of the heat load. And you're sweating more, so your pulse goes up. So when you think about training zones and so on, you need to factor that in. Uh, Third, with a couple of exceptions, all of the clients that I coach have a trainer that has some sort of computer gizmo with it. They can measure power, it programs different courses, whatever. Those also make it a whole lot easier, obviously, to uh, do long rides on the trainer. Fourth, you're an exception because back when I was coaching you and Terry for uh, RAM, you do 24-hour rides with I think not more than half an hour off the bike. That's correct. Most people actually take more breaks on their training rides, and they should. So on the trainer, take breaks. Every half hour to two hours, you're going to get to a mini-mart, right? So get off your bike, get some food, take 10 minutes, get back on your bike. If you're doing a six-hour ride on the road, you might stop and have lunch. Do the same on the trainer. So break it up that way. And then finally, don't just crank away for an hour and a half, two hours at a time, take your break, crank away again. The trick is to divide it into different types of riding for the different segments to break up the monotony.
1: We would use the trainer as punishment because we would keep a timer. And if we went over our 30 minutes off the bike we would have to tack it on at the end of the ride. And so we might be really tired, but we would go in with the tandem, hook it up to the indoor trainer, and do our 10, 15, 20 minutes as a penalty for uh,
2: you know, going over and breaking our discipline. Boy, that's that's really good psychology, George. I mean, you you came away with that just really loving the trainer. You know, it was just so rewarding to ride the trainer, right? Yeah, 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 that really (laughs) paid off. In addition to uh, the uh, <clears throat> finish the ride mentality, it actually interesting example, uh, if somebody wanted to do a century, they could go out and ride three hours on the road, get cold, come back, warm up, hop on the trainer, do three hours. I have clients that do that. Now, one of the problems, apart from the psychology of what you were doing, just getting on, you're just doing grunt miles. Every trainer ride should have a purpose, and it should have a structure. That way you'll get more out of it. So, structure is warm up. Well, you warmed up for. Punishment st- isn't structure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Dostoevsky, I think it is. <laughs> one, one of my favorite trails over at uh, Devil's Thumb is called Black 10 and it has these two really gnarly hills. The first one is crime, and the second one is literally labeled punishment. Oh. <laughs> and I tell you, <laughs> it's, it's hard either direction, up or down. So anyhow, you want some sort of structure, some sort of warm-up, a main set with a purpose, and then cool down. So right there, you've broken up your hour into three parts.
1: Now, I I use the trainer, too, when uh, three years in a row now, I've done your 18-hour training ride, which is hour on, hour off, or 40 minutes on, 40 minutes off, um, to simulate raw. And uh, I do a lot of the riding outside, but when it's late and dark and we've had a lot of road construction on Left Hand Canyon and I'm not comfortable out there riding in pitch black, um, I do my 40-minute interval on the trainer. It's harder.
2: There's so no the, coasting. The, there's no coasting. There's no scenery. That, that's perfect. The, the reason I have George do those hour on, hour off, 40-minute on, 40-minute off is, is he does team race across the West. And so that's how he's going to be riding. He's not going to be doing multi-hours at a time. He'll do a pull, he'll rest, he'll do a pull, he'll rest. So doing it on the trainer provides the same physiological advantage of going hard and then sitting on your butt.
1: And, and I sit going in hard. a chair, eat and watch TV, and jump right back on the bike. <laughs> the, the only difference between raw is you probably don't have TV in exactly. the follow fall <laughs> about. Now, what about intensity? I know when we you were training Terry and I for 2004 RAM when we went two-person – we would set our trainers up next to each other and do some of your ladder workouts and so we're competing against
2: each other really pushing each other those were great that that's first of all for motivation a really really good way to do it is with somebody else somehow you and Terry were side by side competing uh computer trainer i know that you can hook up a number of computer trainers to one monitor so you can see how your you know your buddies are doing. There are a lot of different systems. but that's a great motivator. Now, types of intensity. First of all, just a quick word about training zones. Uh, zone two, basic conversational training. Zone three, you can still talk, but you can't whistle. What I call the sweet spot for power. you can get out a few words. Uh, short sentences. Zone four, then, is getting right up to your lactate threshold or your functional threshold, training power, whatever, FTP. Uh, and there you can get out just a few words like John, why. And over that is zone five. You've always told me I can only say one word. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's John. Gasp, 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 gasp. Why? So a whole bunch of different ways to do Uh, things on the trainer. So let's talk about structured ways first. One of my favorite really simple ones, you don't even need a a stopwatch or heart rate monitor or anything, you need a watch, is a gears pyramid. Start out in your very lowest gear for a minute. Next minute, one gear higher. Next minute, one gear higher. By the time you get to your big gear, your legs are going to be getting really tired, and you have to maintain the same RPMs, the same power. or whatever your metric is, you can't be slowing down. And once you get to the top, go back down, minute by minute by minute. If you want to make it longer, take two minutes in your lowest gear, two minutes in your second gear, going on up. Don't have as much time, minute in your lowest gear, minute in your third gear, minute in your fifth gear, so forth and so on.
1: So I really want to do this with my old bike that has a five-speed freewheel on it, not the 11-speed cassette, because that would be, 22 minutes up on that bike, 22 minutes down. As opposed
2: to 10 and 10. But <laughs> well, I mean, you and I both come from the days when 10 speed meant five in the back, two in the front. That the one bike this doesn't work on is a fixed gear. It, it's really not quite as effective that way. So you can do a gears pyramid. Um You can do intensity ramp. pyramid means you're making it get it's getting harder and then it's getting easier. And a ladder. Or ramp it's getting harder and harder and harder uh, or you can descend them it's just getting easier and easier. Another one that I like is uh, an intensity ramp where you start out say at the bottom of zone 3 and for the next seven minutes you keep increasing and increasing and increasing how hard you're working until you get to the top of zone 4. Now you can break it up different zones how long it takes so forth and so on but you're building the intensity then you take a break and build the intensity and then take a break or build the intensity and then reduce the intensity. That's more of a pyramid. Uh, Some people like straight intervals. For example, repeat three to five times, five minutes in zone four, and three minutes easy. I like intervals when I'm doing really hard stuff, VO2 max. But I can't stand intervals for the easier, shorter stuff. But that's another way to do it. You can do a ladder where you're changing the duration. So example, four minutes in zone three, three minutes easy. Three minutes in zone four, four minutes in zone four, three minutes is easy. Uh, Three minutes in zone four, two minutes easy. Two minutes in zone four, one minute easy. So the hardest work is at the front. And these are psychologically easier because it does keep getting easier. Uh, You can change the, the intensity. Four minutes in the sweet spot, three minutes easy. The next interval, three minutes in zone four, you're kicking up the intensity one notch, and only two minutes easy. Two minutes in zone five, now it's really hurting. And one minute easy. And then one minute in zone six, really, really, really hard. And then if you're doing a ladder, you're done. And if you're doing a pyramid, you work your way back down. So you've got to do zone
1: six twice.
2: Can, it, can be, way. Yeah. It, it can be zone six twice, yeah. Uh, so we've talked about going up pyramids, going up ladders. You can also go down ladders. Now, uh, just a footnote, well, not a footnote, but to, to let everybody know, if you go to my website, uh, www.coachhughes.com, click on resources, there are three different articles. One is the benefits of intensity training. Another one is how to train by intensity. And the third is a spreadsheet you can print out with all the training zones I've been talking about. So those apply just as well on the trainer as they do on the road. So I encourage people to get those.
1: Now, I don't use a heart rate monitor. I don't use power. Uh, I love the, you can answer me with one word, but you can't whistle. Can I do that on the trainer? Sure,
2: of course. That's an entirely different way. Uh, You and I did a ride last summer where we didn't use heart rate, we didn't use power, we didn't even really use time. You give me a head start, and then you chase me, and we're both going flat out, and you catch me, and then we talk for a while. So there are a lot of different ways you can break it up. Uh, One that I learned from Michelle Granger that's really effective, although not much fun, is what I call the 20-second drill. So warm up for five minutes, ride absolutely as hard as you can for 20 seconds, ride as easy. Slowly as you can, soft pedal for 40 seconds, and then go at a good steady clip for four minutes. So that's a five minute block. Do that three to five times. That'll get your attention. And once you do five times and you're bored with it, then two minutes flat out, or sorry, two seconds flat out, 40 seconds really easy, only three minutes steady recovery. Uh-huh. So you can keep shorting that, or you could change it so it's 30 seconds flat out, 30 seconds really easy. So that's one way. Um, another one that I like is fartlek, which is, it's what you and I were doing on the road, simply mixing up hard riding and easy riding in any way that suits you, whatever works. One that a lot of people like is music. Uh, you put on music that's, you know, you've got some fast songs, some slower songs, so forth and so on. You just pedal in time to the rhythm and keep going. Uh, another one, some people like to watch TV. I remember Andy Pruitt telling me that during football season, he'd get on the trainer, and he'd ride along watching the game. And when the ball was in play, he was going as hard as he could. And then, you know, they'd go to the huddle and so forth and so on. He'd just kind of pedal easily. Another way to do it, watch a show, commercial break, start doing the work. Watch the show, commercial break, start doing the work. Now, structure, not structure, not structure. They're both about equally in fact effective. Pick the one that works for you. George and I don't like structure. But I have a client, I will tell this client. I want you to do 45 minutes of fartlek and I'll get a note back. Here are the intervals I did. This client like structure?
1: Yeah, I know, I'll watch TV after some of our discussions and during the commercial I'll go 20 seconds all out with 10 seconds rest. 20 all out, 10, and that is hard. <laughs>
2: You really wish that TV was more continuous with fewer commercial interruptions. What are some other ways you can stay motivated? Well, we talked about one, which is the buddy system, doing it with somebody else. Uh, Another way, a lot of people, I mentioned a client, a lot of people like to go to spinning classes, you know, classes at the gym. Those are great. You got a bunch of people there. You got an instructor telling you what to do. Uh, A couple of cautions. One is, remember kind of thing you're training for and if you're not training for an event with a sprint then I wouldn't do the sprints in the spinning class kind of stay within your training zones the other most instructors are really good but some will have you do kind of crazy things that you wouldn't normally do on your road bike like dumbbell curls stand up you know no hands so forth and so on never do anything on a trainer that you wouldn't do on your road bike so spinning classes are good third thing remember the purpose why are you doing this John Marsh got on the trainer because he had a big goal, which was the tour in Wyoming. He had a purpose. Uh, Variety, like I talked about above, different sorts of main sets. External things like TV, music kind of distract you, movies, uh, multitask. I had one client who uh, rode the trainer while watching TV with her family in the evening. Family time, chit-chat. Another uh, client who ate breakfast on the trainer every morning. Why on earth would you ruin your breakfast? Well, this client was training for events where you had to be able to eat on the bike. Ah. And she experimented with different things to eat, how much to eat, so forth and so on. That's the way she dialed in her race nutrition, Was practicing on the trainer. I don't have a TV, but I'm really interested in the news. So I read the news on the trainer. Really, my
1: favorite thing about the trainer is being able to visualize, which I can't do when I'm out on the road, because I will close my eyes and just be in the Mojave or climbing in Arizona. And I've got that course memorized so well. I've got the road texture. Uh, I can hear the music from the van that's behind me. I hear my crew talking to me. And no kidding, when I open my
2: eyes, it's like, whoa, I'm in my basement. That's a great way to stay motivated. It's also a great way to improve your performance when it comes to raw because you've visualized the whole thing. And my guess is you don't visualize the entire 850 miles of raw no, in your hours. You just do it a section at a time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's a great way to do it. When I, I'm not sure if this is apocryphal, but I heard that when Michael Seacrest was training for RAM, he would ride the rollers staring at a candle improve his focus wow I couldn't do that no I couldn't do that either <laughs> so, some people ask me what about rollers you know versus trainer uh, rollers are really good for endurance for working on your spin so forth and so so on great for intensity uh, <clears throat> harder to do uh, some kinds of things because of the balance involved unless you're somebody like well there was a rider I knew who he could take his warmers off
0: on, on the his rollers, roller, on his rollers, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I I tried rollers. I put them in the doorway the way you're supposed to, you know, so you don't fall off. And I decided I would need to wear a helmet if I was riding the rollers. And I sold mine.
1: Now, any articles on effective trainer use on RoadBikerider.com?
2: A couple of different things. Uh, an article on productive off season, which is a whole lot of detail on uh, um, cross training, and a number of articles on, in, or a number of sections on indoor cycling, which you can do and uh, two 12-week programs depending upon your goals you can condition similar one for riders like me uh, riders over 50 uh, tailored more to folks in our age group they're both available here at roadbikerider.com and there is also a winter riding bundle uh, how to have a productive off season that's all about how to use the trainer effectively and then year-round riding when you can and do ride outdoors and then gaining a mental itch. So, in closing, you and I were talking about a, a really good coach that we know, Neil Henderson, who coaches a number of pros. He coached 11, uh, Elle, uh,
1: Evelyn Season. Evelyn Steve, Eve, Stevens. Evelyn
2: Stevens, yeah, there. George gets it out when, when she did the hour record. And one of the things that he uh, says is the goal is maximum fitness, not maximum fatigue. And I think this imply, applies to the trainer, too. The goal is maximum improvement not maximum time on the trainer.
1: Thank you very much, John Hughes. RoadBikeRider.com radio from the -the over-the-top studios
2: at Scratch Labs in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.